It is a Friday afternoon at 2 p.m., which means it must be time for another kick-ass career conversation with Louise. That's me. And Kim. That's me. And Sarah. And that's Hi. me. Yay. <laughs> hey, ladies. So nice to see you. You too. Thanks for having me here. We're so, so glad that you're here. Before we let the world know about you, Sarah, we would love to know what everybody is celebrating. What are we celebrating this week? I'm celebrating. So a few weeks ago, we kind of were we were talking about these, uh, like finding these like small cracks in our time in our day, and and how do we like, you know, blow it up, right? We were talking with Nadine, and this kind of really stuck with me over the last couple of weeks, and uh, it really is. I'm celebrating that those those moments that I'm actually noticing. So just taking some more time to pause, more time to reflect. Um, and actually um, do something, taking action on those things that come up. Uh, sometimes my reflection time is just just time. <laughs> we were talking about time right before, um, right, and how slippery it can be. And so uh, I'm kind of celebrating just kind of grabbing hold of like those, the things that are happening in those spaces so that I actually get to blow them up and explore what they are. Love that. Sarah, what are you celebrating? Yeah. So as you were speaking there, it's making me think of um, really in those pauses, I've been in the space of really doing what I love and celebrating how that is threading through all of my life. And that we just had this incredible summer where with my kids, with just so much camping and being outside in nature and Having that space, having that freedom inside of what I call work, <laughs> to be able to have those moments with my kids and just as this transition has gone back into school, just so much gratitude that I'm on this journey with them and have that, have created that opportunity really. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. I love that because we're all about creating and crafting our lives, our work, our careers, um, and I love that, that juiciness of celebrating what you created and being mm -hmm. in that space right now. Mm, yay. Yeah. <laughs> um, so for me, I am celebrating that even though it is, um, a month early, I'm actually going to be, um, celebrating our wedding anniversary with my husband this weekend as we travel to, the, some Eastern provinces. And I'm, I'm excited because we haven't really had an opportunity to do that in a very long time. Well, we do have occasional date nights and, and get to have that opportunity to just be together one-on-one. -on -one. It's few and far apart given his travel schedule, but when we get to do it, we, we enjoy it. Actually going away somewhere, just the two of us. I'm just, I'm really without expectation I'm just really celebrating that we made this opportunity, right? We crafted, we created this opportunity for ourselves and we're taking it and we're enjoying it. And I'm looking forward to seeing some places that I haven't seen before and that I wouldn't have had an opportunity to, or probably wouldn't have at least picked like, Ooh, these are the places that I want to go if he didn't um, have work in those places. So um, I'm excited to see some new beautiful places. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Places. Oh, uh, what? 
Go ahead. I'm, I'm always a fan of seeing new places. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I, I've been in Canada for uh, just over two years and Louise is a lifelong Canadian and I think I'm going somewhere she hasn't been. This is true. I am a little jelly. <laughs> I am. I'm, go I'm going to St. John's. I get to be a half an hour off of everybody else's time. <laughs> oh, Newfoundland, we love you. <laughs> So I will let you, because on the theme of time that we keep talking yeah. about, it is going to be interesting. Like I know when he traveled there before, he didn't realize that he was a half an hour, like an hour and a half different than us. And I said, how does it feel to be 90 minutes ahead of us? He was like, what are you talking about? I'm just an hour different. I'm like, no, there's actually an extra <laughs> half hour tacked on there. How cool is that? Oh my gosh. That just speaks so much to how time is just something that we made up. We'll just do whatever we want with it. <laughs> right? Yeah. Oh, humans, we're so interesting. Speaking of interesting humans, I'm going to tell them a little bit, tell the world a little bit about you, Sarah. So Sarah is a mystic guide, spiritual guide, and transformational coach. Um, as a portal between the seen and the unseen worlds, she lives in devotion to creating spaces that allow people to be fully alive and deeply connected to their intuition. And I can tell you firsthand, she is <laughs> fabulous at it. She is passionate about inspiring you to live as your authentic self, creating a life that is not only defined by your circumstances, but rather one crafted from your true desires. There's that word crafted again. I love that. Sarah, we are so happy that you are here with us. So happy. Me too. So very happy. Um, you and I, we met, believe it or not, like three and a half years ago. Oh. Two and yeah. a half. Yeah, right no, at the, just before, just before January of 2020. Yeah. Um, and uh, it's like that time, if we keep coming back to time, uh, right, has just flown by. Um, and I'm really curious um, how that all plays out in your, in your career. Uh, we've talked about crafting, we've talked about those things already. Um, but tell us a little bit about what it's been like for you to kind of journey to this place um, and, and have you arrived at a place you've always thought you would? <laughs> um, no, I really never dreamed that I would be doing this and living this life, you know, 20, 30 years ago, if you had told me. I've always been an adventurer and I've always um, explored myself and I've always really been interested and curious about spirituality from a young age. I wanted to know who God was or what God was. And I feel that that theme has been threaded through my life. But I traveled and I explored and I had no career. And then I had a career in publishing. And then I came around to having my kids later in life in my early 40s. And that really shifted a lot of things for me in the sense of doing what I wanted to do rather than what I thought I had to do. And that was a very pivotal awakening, I suppose, is what happened. I also went through a really deep night of the soul, was depressed, um, sort of everything fell apart and came unraveled in a really hard way, but also in a really beautiful way. Because then as I was able to put the pieces back together, I really crafted what I wanted, what my heart wanted, what my soul had always been looking for. It 
just needed to go on this big wild journey in order to come to that understanding. And what I see now as well is to have the life experience that allows me to support others. And so as I've walked this path over the last 10 years of really being committed to helping others, understanding our spiritual journey, understanding what it means to deepen and develop intuition and to live from that place. You know, that's, it's, it's just, it's an ongoing journey. Sometimes I feel like, okay, I'm going to get there. And then I have to laugh and be like, haha, there's no there. <laughs> you know, there's just a deepening, there's an expanding, there's a way of working with things more efficiently, effectively, um, like I was saying before, really committing to only doing what I love. And I started that about 18 months ago, and that was life-changing. And sometimes I waver off it, and then I catch myself caught back in the sort of illusion and story, right, that we all exist inside of, of it's what we're doing, not who we're being. And then I remember and I come back and then I choose what I love and things unfold. Things make more sense. Things happen. The magic is allowed to come back in again. So, no, I had no idea that, you know, <laughs> 20 years ago when I was still drinking and like, you know, <laughs> living in foreign countries, I had no idea that this would be my life. And, and I'm so grateful that it is all of it. Yeah, and, and I think, you know, our, we, we always start with celebrations, right? And, and looking back before we can, and reflecting before we can move forward a little bit and see what's there, what that next opportunity is. And I think career journeys are no different. Like when we come to like a little bit of a crossroads or as crisis, uh, a lot of us come to a, a mid career crisis where it's where where we do feel like we're at a crossroads. Um, it is kind of taking time to to look back and reflect on not just am I where I thought I would be, but or should be as we should on ourselves, but more like what is the collection of experiences that I have to set myself up for what's next or what's possible. Like it's not, it's not a destination, right? We are all, uh, especially with our careers, I think we all are in this work in progress, right? And, and what are we collecting as we go versus what turn do I need to make next? I just got a visual of collecting the seashells. Right. You're going along the shore and collecting sea glass and seashells and little rocks. And right, you have your little bucket and you're just filling it up as you go. And we so often don't take the opportunity to to think of it at the seashore. We think of it as the dumpster that everything's being thrown in and maybe it's on fire. Because we get to that place of crisis before we slow down to get to this place of you know what we're talking about today this discovering your purpose or rediscovering your purpose it feels like we often have to get to that place of the dumpster fire before we think to look and see what's inside of it versus we're actually on this on this path on this beach the whole time just picking up these little beautiful things these little beautiful nuggets that are part of us yeah 
And I, I feel in my experience as I was gathering, and it's so interesting you use that metaphor because I was just cleaning out my car today and it's full of rocks and shells that we've collected over the summer. Mm-hmm. So fitting. <laughs> and um, it's, there was something inside me all along. I felt it in my heart. It was a voice. It It's always felt like it's pulled me forward. Sometimes with my consent, sometimes knowing where I'm going, but a lot of time not understanding what is this pull? Where, why am I so curious about these things? And I was always looking, even though I had a career and I was in that career for 11 years and I imagined myself there for a very long time. I did not really see myself leaving. And a lot of that revolved around the financial security that it provided. And yet inside, there was this part of me that was searching and longing for something more. And I didn't know what that more was, yet it was there and it was alive. And the quality of my life and the choices that I made reflected how much I listened to that part and how much I tried to just, oh, be quiet right now. I'm busy. I've got a deadline. Or it, it affected the quality of the life that I was living And for me, it did take everything falling apart in order for me to find the, I guess, resolve in me or the resilience within me to listen to that voice at a deeper level. It was almost like there was, what else am I going to (laughs) do? I'm going to follow that voice. And it really did set me on this intuitive journey in a really big, deep way that at the time I didn't realize it would be a career. I just thought this is something that I love. Mm-hmm. I, I love getting up early and exploring what meditation is. And I love connecting with people and getting visuals and images and deciphering what that might mean and, and feeling this expansion of these parts inside me. And at the time, I didn't know how that could be a career. Um, but I just kept showing up for it because there was something that it made me feel so alive that I just trusted, not all the time, (laughs) but as much as I could, (laughs) that if I followed this, it would reveal itself. It would become clear what it was. And the more I practiced listening to that voice, the more I, it was easier to trust it, easier to take that next step or receive that tidbit of information that ordinarily I might just have brushed off, but it sparked something in me because that part of me had been allowed to have a voice and to be part of my experience. So. So a couple of weeks ago, we were talking about the, almost the exact same thing about listening to the voice inside. And I posed a question towards the end of, of that episode, and I'd love to pose it again here. How do we find that voice? How do we first acknowledge that that voice, that sound, that feeling even exists? A big part of my journey for me was trusting myself. So I was able, when I was living my life out of alignment with my values, out of alignment with what I wanted to do, and I was caught inside of people-pleasing and codependency and numbing, it was really hard to trust 
anything. Trust other people, trust the circumstances of my life, trust this voice that was emerging within me. There was not really any level of trust within my life. And that, that stems from my upbringing. I know not all of us are in that place. Yet there is, I think, within us all the capacity to trust ourselves more. And that when we get a hit, a gut feeling, a sensation, a spark, something that disrupts our reality is really what it's doing, right? This is the illusion, the reality we've created, and then something disrupts it that isn't quite with the status quo that we're used to. And it's, it's recognizing it and acknowledging it and then beginning to trust it. But I also had to learn how to trust me, to trust that if I made a decision, I would stick with it to trust if I made a commitment that I would stick with it, to trust that if I wanted to, you know, say I have a value that's around family, then I need to live up to that value. I can't put that last on my list. If I have a value of connection, that has to be in the forefront of my life. Because if I'm dedicating and devoting my life energy to things that are not in alignment with my values, they're more in alignment with my conditioning, then I, I, I have a harder time trusting, trusting myself and then trusting that voice. So I feel like it's a process of understanding ourselves at a deeper level that then allows for us to trust the way that our intuition comes in and how that voice will show up in our life because it is particular um, to ourselves. The way it shows up for me is going to be very different from you two. It's, it's our own relationship with our higher self, with our soul, with the divine. And it's unique to us just because we're a unique person, a unique soul. Go ahead. I was going to say, like, how, 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 do, how do we do that? Like trust is this like – kind of this elusive thing sometimes, super important, very fundamental in understanding who we are and how we interact with folks and our relationships and our connections. But like, how do we, like you talked about trust, but like, how do we do that? Like, how do we learn to trust ourselves or, or what we can do? So my journey Right, my experience was there was Sarah that lived on the inside, that was terrified of a lot of things, that um, had a lot of pain inside that she was trying to cover up a lot of the time. But she knew ways that she really wanted to be. Then there was the Sarah that the world got to see. She was great and fun and the life of the party and you know, she always had something good to say and everybody loved her smile. And um, she did things she didn't really want to do that she regretted later. <laughs> and um, she blew off a lot of things. She showed up when she didn't want to, but she thought, you know, well, I said I would. So even though I'm getting sick and I really don't want to go and this is not something that I would like, here I am doing it because I don't want someone to think wrong of me or think that I'm a bad person. So I was living these two lives 
And one was the truth of me screaming in many different ways to get out. And then the other was who everybody else thought Sarah was. And they were vastly different people. So the journey of uncovering and being with the truth of who I am is what has led to trusting who I am because these two versions of me are now the same version. Who I am on the inside is the same person as I show up everywhere in my life. It's not what I'm doing out there in the world. It's who I'm being everywhere. When I wash the dishes, when I give my kids a bath, when I'm making dinner, when I'm on a call with a client, when I'm having the holidays with my family, who I am being is consistent throughout everything I do. I'm not one person when I go home to visit my family. I'm not another person who's pissed off that I have to do the dishes and no one else is helping me. And then, you know, and then I'm this kind, compassionate, understanding person with my clients. Like you're, we're living out of integrity. And so as we become a whole sort of version of ourselves, we're always whole. We just get fragmented or sort of, put into these places where we feel we need to be certain ways in order to survive, essentially, is underneath it all, I believe. And it's the coming together and they're really allowing ourselves to just exist as the most authentic version of ourselves that we can be that then develops that trust. I don't think somebody who is only just delving into personal growth could say, okay, I'm going to trust myself implicitly. It's like, well, you haven't really built that yet. <laughs> so that's a really tall order of yourself, you know, that you're going to, I mean, you obviously maybe could, but it's highly unlikely that that trust, you know, if you think of any relationship, you meet somebody, you're not immediately trusting them and telling them your whole life story. You're like, hey, maybe we could grab a coffee sometime. And... <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> I found it much easier to trust other people than myself for a long time. It mm. was it was much easier for me to trust other people. Um and to yeah, just dive headlong into trust versus I didn't feel like I had um I didn't feel like I had my own back, right? And so learning how to do that. And, and I agree with you, Sarah, it's, it's as we start the personal development process, the personal growth and development process, trust isn't, isn't one of the first one that comes online. It really isn't. Hopefully you trust the person who's guiding you. If you're, if you're being guided, if you're doing it on your own, maybe it comes on a little sooner because it's a little hard to continue forward if there's no trust anywhere. But that, that place of going back to the discovery, right? And we were talking about purpose, but rediscovering ourselves is what leads to our purpose, leads to that understanding. And um, yeah, I, I thankfully today I do have that trust in self, but it's a, it can be a long journey. Yeah. Yeah. I've been walking this path for 25 years. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not something that happened overnight by any means. 
but it's worth it. Oh my gosh. Like I would not go back to where I was like never, <laughs> you know, it's like, I mean, and in that thread, like I would do it again to be where I am today. Like it was worth it, but, um, gosh, it's so much better on this side. <laughs> there's like, there's just a sense of peace and like an exhale, as you said that it was like, whoo, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I like me. I never liked me growing up. Like I just had no love for myself. I was always trying to be somebody else. I copy mannerisms and things of friends and just really had such low self-esteem that I had no relationship with myself. There was just this loathing almost of why are you so, ugh. And so for me, it was a journey in all the directions of who I am. And now I really do love who I am. I'm, you know, it's, it's so worth the journey to explore. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think, do you feel like, like this self-awareness, like this, this process of self-discovery, um, like for you, you talked about like having, having this moment in your life where you um, were picking the pieces back up so that you could look at them and put them back together in a way that was really integrous to who you are, right? That, that, that rebuilding of self. Do we have to go through that like demantling before we can build ourselves back up in a way that is more like putting those, those, those selves together again? I, I feel that, so, so the world that we live in is a world of duality and there's light and there's dark and the capacity that we live inside of is as much as we're willing to explore one side, we have the capacity to go to the same extent on the other side. So if I am willing to go into the depths of who I am, into the darkest moments, the darkest memories, and really learn to be with them there, I now possess the same capacity to go the other way to feel the joy, to feel the love, to receive, because that's the polarity of our world. That being said, not everybody carries the same level of trauma as others. So for me, there was a lot of trauma to unpack um, from my own life, from generationally handed down to me. There's also a lot on our planet at the moment that we don't understand when we start we do understand, just not as a collective, but that there's a lot of energies that are also playing a part in what's possible for us. And as long as we turn away from those things, we don't have access to all the goodness of life, the joy of life, if we're not willing to look at these other processes of life that are there and are happening. So for someone like me, and there's people that have experienced way more than me, I would say that, yes, if they want to live a really full, a life that's fully alive, then yes, 
you have to go in and dismantle it all. It doesn't have to be in the, you know, sort of drop down, drag out way that maybe mine was. But I do believe that we have to go into that in order to really experience all of life. Otherwise, we're just going to kind of be going through the motions and I'm not unhappy. Everything's fine. And we're just kind of walking through life, but there's not a lot of magic. There's not a lot of connectivity with what we can't see. Our intuition might not be as heightened. And we're just showing up for our life because, oh, well, the sun came up. Now show up today. I think if we really want to live a sensational life, as I like to say, then we have to be willing to feel sensation to get there. And to me, that is looking at everything about ourselves, about our families, about why we do things, the triggers, the events that happened in our life. Most of us let our past define us. We're living inside of the stories that were handed down. And they're not even true about us anymore, but they were given to us and we put them on and zipped up our jacket and started walking into our life, not living as who we truly are, but as who people told us we were or how the events of our life told us that we had to be. For me, I was damaged goods because my dad left when my mom was pregnant. And then my adopted dad, well, he was, you know, bipolar and he left too. I'm damaged goods was the story I carried for years. And releasing that story, really going into all of those things changed everything. So it's so valuable. There's no way that I could live a full life if I hadn't explored that. I had daddy issues. There, you know, it was hard to have a relationship that was had any substance to it because I'm still this hurt little girl whose dad's left. Not just one, but two, you know? And so it's so, for me, it's, it's just so important that we explore those places. Two metaphors just keep going through my mind. One of them, one of them honestly is because um, we're creating this in-person retreat um, later this year, um, or, or I guess early in 2024. And we, we, based it on the idea of what actually happens inside the chrysalis, right? Everybody wants to be the butterfly and unfurl those wings. <laughs> but the reality of what happens inside the chrysalis, right? The little caterpillar actually has to open its mouth and barf up all of the gastric juices all over itself to boil itself down into mush, into nothingness. And then genetic note by genetic note, re-knit itself back together and what's fascinating to me is how it knows it goes from creating a mouth that's a chomping mouth, right, for the caterpillar to a sucking mouth, but it's the exact same genetic material that created it. And it rebuilds itself into something new. And then it comes out as a butterfly and it's beautiful and we're all like, look, it's a butterfly. It's beautiful. But it didn't just happen without barfing all over itself. And so, like, for me, I do think right? We do, there is some level of that. It might not be as disgusting as pulling ourselves down into literal mush and it might be, <laughs> right? And the other part is like the, the other metaphor, Louise, it's a, it's a renovation metaphor that went through my head. 
<laughs> like you can't renovate a house without like not well without pulling everything apart. Well, right. We can put a coat of paint on something and it looks okay for a little while, but if we're not addressing, right, those deeper things that are really going on, that are really happening, um, we're, we're not doing the work. We're not doing the work so that we can do the work that we're meant to do. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I spent, it's the interesting, of course, Kim, because you're so intuitive with the caterpillar metaphor, because um, I spent about four months in the goo at the end of last year. And that that's what I called it. I'm like, I'm just in the goo because I cannot see the path forward. I got COVID. I was sick for two months. I just, I had to shut everything down. And I just kept saying, I'm in the goo. I'm in the goo. <laughs> and allowing that to be okay, like not striving to change it. And I did emerge and it was incredible to come out of that goo. And what it makes me think of is this idea of ego death, which I've experienced as rather than just one big giant ego death and then we're enlightened, I, <laughs> I have experienced my life as just a series of ego deaths and who I was before, that part of my identity had to die in devotion to the person I was becoming. And so each time I, I would, I started, it was so many that I started recognizing it. I'm like, oh, I'm in an ego death. It's happening again because Sarah's dying and new Sarah's coming out and, um, you know, making it fun because it can be really, sometimes it can get hard in those places, especially when you're building a career, because what I've experienced is that my, my work my business is essentially an extension of who I am, who I'm being. It's separate, and yet I flow through it. I create it. I'm the, you know, the, the magician of it. And in order for my business to progress, I have to progress. I have to keep being reborn and rebirthed with new ideas and new understandings and a deeper connection to myself and to spirit and to the unseen world, to my intuition, those things require a certain level of death. Because if we, you know, life is just one half of what happens. Death is the other part of the cycle. And so often we get trapped in the trance of, oh, I just want the life part. But we're not going to look at the death part because I'm scared of that. <laughs> Yet there is half of the magic lives in the death. And when we embrace that and we learn to partner with ourselves inside of those processes rather than um, be afraid of them or whatever, you know, technique we have to try to hang on still and believe that life's all that's going to help us. Um really learning to be in those, in the full cycle of what's available for us does make magic happen. Yeah. It's, um, it's that whole, I'm reminded often of the, 
I remember first doing um, our coaching and that was my first real introduction into kind of like read that deeper work and that whole polarity of, you know, we have to go deep so that we can live bigger. Right. We really we really do. And the whole idea that uh, that our beliefs are stories that that have been created by our traumas, capital T's or small T's, you get to pick or both, um, our events, who's in our lives. Um, but they aren't they aren't real. Like we get to kill a belief and create a new one all the time. And I, I think so many of us walk around knowing that what like are what we believe to be true um, as truth, which just isn't the case. And so I love this, like the the idea of like this death is like like actually being okay with letting a belief go, with letting a part of you go, um, so that you can create this new part that you have the space and the capacity even to create new. Uh, we can't just keep taking on more and more and more. We need to be able to let something go. We need to transform, right? Um, from, from what was to what is or what could be. Uh, and that's that whole process. But it, it just reminded me of like how strongly I held on to a belief, right? Because it's like, no, it's true. Like, no, like that is and it. And, and through that process, through coaching and through understanding, like, no, that's just, a story you carry. It's not the same for everyone, right? It's not fact. Um, it's actually fiction that's being created. Um, and, and you get, you get so much more control, um, over crafting, finding your purpose, right? Through that process, right. And, and discovering what that is so that you can step into, right. Com like being yourself in all of those places of your life. Well, we don't wear every piece of clothing we've ever owned all at the same time. <laughs> like all I, I got this picture. The, I don't know if you remember the Friends episode where Joey wore every piece of Chandler's clothing and he like looked like a snowman. It was insane. But that was the picture that came to mind while you were talking. I'm like, yeah, because we don't. We don't. Like we're not wear. I mean, all right. Maybe our daughter tries to. But like, <laughs> right. They wear them until they shouldn't anymore. And then they keep wearing them. But we don't, we don't keep wearing them. We have, we, we reinvent ourselves. We rediscover a new style. We age out of something or size out of something. And that's okay. We can let it go. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Preparing yeah, and metaphors today. You are. And they're so specific to me, my love, because <laughs> I have this picture that I just recently saw of my son when he was probably like five. And he's 10 now. And he's like the, what you were just talking about because he went and put everything he could find on, including socks. And he was just standing there like this, like, look at me. He can barely walk. <laughs> awesome. That is awesome. So I, I am curious. And Louise, you talked about this just a little bit. But but as we're kind of talking about this this self-discovery, right, and and letting that ego death, as you, as you call it, Sarah, that ego death happen and and kind of going through the cycles of that 
How does that tie into, or how do we think that ties into this, this word of purpose? Everybody wants mm -hmm. to right, find their purpose, discover their purpose. How do we think that that all fits together? Asking me. Sure. Okay. I thought you were asking Louise. No. <laughs> asking any, either of you, both of you. Um, let's see. So purpose, I feel, lives inside us, right? And it doesn't always have to be connected to what we're, what our career is. I think it can be very fulfilling when it is. Yet, I think purpose connects a lot to what we value. And I really love to use the word devotion as well as in what am I devoting this, my precious time to, my precious energy, my precious life. Um, and for me, distilling down what are the three main things that I want to flow through my life no matter what I'm doing. And those things for me are um, intuition, spirituality, connection, and then some form of movement and adventure type of thing. And when I am living in alignment with those values, I feel fulfilled. I feel like there is a purpose to my life. Now, those can branch out into many different things. Those are just the real distillation of them. And I believe that knowing those is really important. I, um, a few years back, I came across a values test that I had done a long time prior, maybe 20 years prior. And I was, I found the, the papers, right? Because I'd written it on paper back then and printed it. And I thought, oh, let me see how much I've changed. Well, what was fascinating was that my values had not changed. They had maybe morphed a little bit, but they were the same three were the main three. And even the, the lower ones, they maybe just had a different point value. But what that showed me was that I have always known what I value. It's whether or not I'm making choices in my life that support the values that dictate the life that I'm living. So 20 years ago, I was not making choices that, that were specifically moving me forward and keeping me close to those. I was doing a lot of other things. So I think that as we look at this piece of purpose, I, I feel it. it's like we uncover it when we're willing to really be truthful with ourselves about what we love, what matters. At the end of the day, what matters? And then look at what you're actually choosing to do instead of what matters to you. Because I know for a long time, it mattered to me to go to bed early so that I could get up early for my meditation practice because that connected me to my value of spirituality. But I put my kids to bed and I went downstairs and I put on the TV and I binged watch shows until it was too late for me to get up early. I still had the purpose. I still had the value, but I wasn't living it. So it was not bringing me further along that path of really living into my purpose or 
allowing it to show me more because I have these values. And when I have lived in alignment with them, they have shown me what I want to do. When I really started choosing spirituality, it, it opened up a whole world of, well, this is actually what you want to do for work. And when I started living connection, opportunities came in because now I was connecting with people that helped bring opportunity that served my purpose. And then when I was actually doing the movement and adventure that I wanted to do, I felt better in my body. I was exploring more. I was doing more things. And then these side desires come in where I've always loved to run. And maybe I want to lead a girls on the run for my daughter's school. That feels so purposeful and inspiring. It's not work-related, but I would love it. But if I wasn't running myself, I don't know if that would have come in. But because I chose to show up for the things I value, I could see something different about who I am. That's that rediscovery part. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful. Um, so I am curious as I look at the clock, I am curious about what are our, I mean, we could continue this conversation for days. <laughs> um, what are our golden nuggets? What are our takeaways? What are we going to put in our pocket today? Carry with us. I'm just reminded of this whole, this, this duality, right. Of that, that, when we can really stop to look at uh, what it is that we want, it for me it's this push pull, right? And 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 oftentimes we were we're pushing through or we're pushing towards something. But when I want to pull something um, to me, um, what what is that? How purposeful am I? How am I choosing to pull that? Uh, towards me, but I can't pull anything towards me if I don't have that capacity to really embrace it, uh, right? And 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 have that space. So what am I? What am I leaving behind, right? What am what 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 am I choosing uh, to believe or not to believe? What am I choosing to trust or not to trust? And I think that was kind of my nugget today. Was just really like it, it's not just a. It's not just one, it, it's both, right? And whatever energy we want to talk, whatever words we want to put to it. Um, but yeah, that was my nugget today. I really appreciated kind of that that reminder, that reframe for me. So I can't just bring things towards me uh, without putting something down first. Sarah, what about for you? The word connection comes, drops in and it started with you speaking about going on this trip to connect with your husband and just how important that is and how much life that brings to us when we really do take that time, that precious time to connect with the people that we love. It's so important. And then Louise, you brought the connection thread in when you talked about the pause because it's in that pause that you connect to yourself. And how that is life-changing when we connect to ourselves as well, right? It's not just, for me, connection, that word that I have. It, it is. It's connecting with others, and it's also that connection with self. And I am taking that away just as we are here connecting, which is something that I just love. And so just for me, how much joy and expansion there is in these places when we're willing to connect, 
when we're willing to be real and authentic with others and with ourselves. Mm-hmm. Felt that all in my spilkies. <laughs> <laughs> Um, mine is, you said, to, we live sensational lives through our senses. That hit me just full on. I just, I love that. And that is, I am definitely taking that golden nugget away with me today. And it's something I know, it's something that I, that I practice. And yet just the way that you shared it with us, the words that you used, just, it, it felt so good and so juicy. And I appreciate that. So thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Tara, where can people find you in the world? What do you have coming up that you would like people to know about? What's going on? Ah, oh, in my world, you can find me at saranoble.com. I'm on social media at the modern day intuitive. And I have, I offer programs that help you on your spiritual path, help you find your purpose, live more fully alive, as I like to say, and just bring in a lot of what we've been talking about um, to, to help you grow, to help you navigate life and relationships and everything that's happening. I also have a free gift that's called Ignite Your Intuition, and I can give Kim a link for that. And you can also find that on my website. And I also have a quiz that helps you determine what is your primal intuitive power, which is what I call the main intuitive gift that we're all born with. So lots of goodness for you. I also do personal mentorship. So lots of things available. She's an amazing spiritual mentor, by the way. And if you didn't know that you needed one, I am here to tell you, (laughs) get yourself a spiritual mentor. They're amazing. (laughs) (laughs) Louise, do you remember what we have coming up next week? I actually do this time, Moving Beyond Expectations with Malik, my favorite Spanish yoga teacher. Um, I I can't wait to have Malik on the show. Um, It's going to be fantastic. So make sure you tune in next week. So Malik is, as uh, Louise said, a fantastic Spanish yoga teacher, U.S. moved to Spain yoga teacher. She is also dismantling the diet culture. So we are going to be talking about all sorts of amazing things with Malik, I'm sure. Sarah, yummy. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. Thanks, Sarah. Such a treat to be here. Thank you. And thank you everybody for tuning in and checking out the podcast. We will see you again next week. Take care. Bye for now. Bye.